This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Yo, yo, welcome back to The Edge with your boy, Micah Parsons, live in your Bleacher Report app. As always, drop any questions, comments in the chat, and I respond during the show. What's up, what's up, Cowboys Nation? How we feeling? Huge Thanksgiving win. Uh, doesn't matter an opponent. Anytime you get to be thankful and share the field with your brothers and another team and everyone leaves the field uh, safe and uninjured, it's always a great game. So that's something to be thankful for. I hope everyone's Thanksgiving was amazing. Mom was amazing. Family came into town. Anytime family comes in, it's just so amazing to have people around, people that you love. So if you had amazing Thanksgiving, uh, shout out to you. But anyway, let's get right into it. They want to talk about the Thanksgiving fit of mine, um, the ideas, the thoughts, the, the emotions behind this fit. I want to first say, you know, I wanted to come out because this is the America's team. And I just felt like I was like American gangster, uh, you know, Frank Lucas, just like that. You know, me and my guy, Ricky uh, Soto and Co. Shout out to Soto and Co. Uh, for putting this together. But uh, that blue magic right there, that's kind of how I was feeling. Um, with the drape coat, I wanted to bring it back like I was in the 90s. So that's kind of, you know, something special that we put together. And the energy, look at the fans, uh, the energy running to the stadium again. That's what we love to see. I think that's what's different about Cowboys Nation, how thrilled they are. Look how how excited they are to be into the stadium, how excited they are to be with us um, because they know it's going to be an amazing day. And it was. We did make history that day in a lot of ways, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Look at this Thanksgiving sign. Um, I mean, the fan, Cow there's nobody like Cowboys Nation. That's point blank, period. Um, Dak and Cheese, Pollard and Greens, Parsons Pie, and C.D. Lamb. That's a 10 out of 10 sign right there. And that needs to be plastered all over walls uh, for every Thanksgiving. And that's as simple as that. Uh, people want to talk about halftime shows. I was not able to watch any halftime shows, sadly. Uh, but Dolly Parton and da Jack Harlow, I was not able to watch any of those uh, halftime shows. Um, but, you know, I heard a lot of comments about it. And, you know, my mother always told me, if there's not something nice to say, don't say it at all. Just, so that's just kind of how I feel about it. Um, and we got some cool stats and records at home that you guys should obviously know. Um, Cowboys have not trailed a single second at home. It just goes to show you how good we are at home. And guess who's that? Because that's because of Cowboys Nation. I understand we travel and y'all make some games for like home games and the energy is amazing, but there's just nothing like playing at home in front of you guys because you guys take it to another level. Um, at this point, we need to win out and do everything in our possible so we could be at home with you guys multiple times this postseason because it's going to be very fun. 
something cool about me that, you know, they felt like we should share it to the world. Um, I joined Dwight Freeney and Reggie White as the only players with 11 plus sacks in each of their first three seasons. So it's kind of something I feel proud of, uh, something I take a lot of work into, um, going into how I want to, how great I want to be. Um, I just got to be continuous though. I never want to stop. Uh, I want to keep being great, um, daring to be great and keep chasing these guys. Cause you talking about two of the best to ever do it, you know, Dwight Freeney and obviously Reggie White was a man amongst men. And he was one of the greatest ever, if not the greatest ever. Um, but the big story is not about me. I'm always a believe it's all about my teammates. And the biggest story of them all is Deron Bland, uh, record setting five interceptions, five pick sixes, return for touchdowns in one season. Holy moly. I mean, th- this is greatness. Um, we don't have it, but there was a clip where I went up to him. I was like, this is greatness. You're on track of greatness because people don't understand how special it is, how, how amazing it is to see that out of your teammates. It's truly just sometimes we all don't live in the moment. We don't live in the present. And everything just moves so fast, especially as a, an adult. I think we all learn to grow about that. But everything just moves fast as adults. It's like, all right, tomorrow, tomorrow. But I just want to recapture and relive that moment for DB. Um, that is amazing for you, champ. Um, that That is just one of a kind. You are a legend already. Um, and and I, I couldn't be more proud of you. Um, th- this is the energy in the locker room. Um, I mean, this is something that, like, you you could tell the energy and everyone how quiet he is. Um, this is definitely not his type of moment. Um, that's the type of player and uh, friend he is. You know, he don't ever want to be the main stage, but we're also proud of him. He had to get that type of moment. Um, Darius Slay, and I say that he should be defensive player of the year, and, and that's 100% right. Um, I mean, he is playing the best football. I mean, he's playing better than any corner in the NFL right now. Uh, he has a knack for the ball. And, and and there's a lot of players that's playing great corner ball. And it, it, it's it, they're playing really high level, but no one's creating his turnovers. Um, and I think uh, I think we'll lock it in how he goes against uh, the Eagles again next week. Uh, he has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett again this week. Uh, he'll also have a chance at Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, and he'll also have a chance at Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Um, I think if he could sustain this for these next four or five weeks, he will be a lock for defense player of the year, without a doubt. And I think also it will be in a conversation for MVP if he could create two more turnovers for interceptions. Um, because right now, if he's not a lock already at defense player of the year, which he should be, uh, he will be a lock by the end of the year if he keeps going and maybe getting in our conversation for MVP because this is a season that no one's ready for. Um, and I think we should honestly get into who, who could be in my top MVP candidate because, you know, Dak Prescott, he's playing the best football. Uh, he had another big game, 22 for 32, 331 yards and four touchdowns. Um, Dak even grabbed a turkey leg out the Salvation Army kettle in the fourth quarter. Um, that was always Dak's idea. He was like, yeah, I know there's turkey legs in the bottom of the uh, Salvation Army thing. But I mean, bro, like he is playing amazing football. Um Leading in touchdowns, uh, I mean, he's his QBR is number one in the league. He is playing great football. I mean, I couldn't be more happy for this guy. He proved a lot of people wrong, and people want to bring down his amazing season because he's putting a lot of people to hush, and a lot of people don't like that. But I love to see that for him. He proved everyone wrong, and he's going to continue to do that. And he's just keep getting better and better. And leading to this postseason, I know we could count on him. So I think my if I had an idea of who my MVP conversation would be. Um, obviously it'll be Dak Prescott, 
Um, it would be actually let's just wait because we'll get into it a little bit more because uh the Bills Eagles game uh that was huge. The Bill the Eagles outlasted the Bills 37-34 OT um in the first and they're the first team to 10 wins. Um, what was my biggest takeaways this game? I mean, I feel like this was this is what a Sunday night football game should be. Um, I mean, it, it was a lot of calls that went both ways, a lot of missed calls at that. I think refs is getting to the point where they're they're controlling the game in not a positive manner, not throwing they're missing calls um and blatant calls and they're calling things that shouldn't be called. And and I think it's the quite opposite. They're trying to emphasize on protecting and doing all these things so much that they're missing the blatant, uh, you know, mischievous calls that should be called in crucial times throughout that game. And it's something that we hate to see. Um, We turn in a bunch of clips. Every team turns in a bunch of clips around the league and they always come back. Oh yeah, this should have been called. Um, I just think it's time for we hold uh, refs and people uh, accountable for these actions because they're determining games. They, these calls are bailing teams out on third down. Uh, they're bailing teams out on third down. It, it's actually sickening how many sacks have been taken away across the league this year, how many roughing the passers there have been. I agree. You know, late shots on the quarterback. I know we want to keep quarterbacks on the field. It's a better game with them. But at the end, um, it's a lot of flops, the timing of the ball, things like that. It, it all contradicts. I mean, it's part of the game. We hit people like that's just the nature of the game. Um, and and it's tough. And Jalen uh Hurst, the way he played in that second half, that that's championship football. And his team played championship football. Uh crucial stops, made big time catches, big time throws, uh, and and it was huge. Uh and you kind of could put Jalen Hurts in the MVP conversation. Um, just because their strength of schedule, uh, who they've played, um, and how he's been able to win games in clutch moments. Um, he could, he should be in the MVP. Uh, he wouldn't be my leader, but he will be, obviously, I think he should, he's a top four, uh, top three candidate for MVP um, across the league. And if, I, if I'm naming, you know, my two quarterbacks, uh, that would be, it would be Dak and Jalen. I think they're playing uh, some of the best football right now. Um, and then outside of them, I think it would be Tyreek Hill. We're talking about non-football. Uh, Tyreek Hill, um, it would be um, a Miles Garrett, or, or it would be a uh, Deron Bland, of course. I think them five or should be in this MVP conversation, um, point blank period. Uh, you know, I don't even think we should even put some QBs in there because they're not playing at the same level as other players around the league. Uh, Tyreek Hill over 1300 yards already. Um, first ever, like this is abnormal stuff. I think this has been an abnormal season. So much greatness. I think Tyreek Hill is going to break Megatron's record. Um, that's the type of season he's having. And I think he's going to do it, but, um, is it unfair to blame Josh Allen at the bills miss the playoffs? Um, Josh did play a very good net game. And this is the type of player that Josh is going to be on a Sunday night game. Anytime it's a big time game, I think Josh Allen's going to show up. Um, I think there was times where his defense could have got uh bigger stops, uh, bad plays on the ball and things like that. And, uh, kind of really bailed them out. Um, but their defense also made crucial stops. They made big plays. Um, Josh Allen's now 0-6 in overtime games. And the Bills have 101 plus point differential. So that means they're in great position. They should be winning games. They shouldn't be, uh, you know, uh, under 500 team. They should be realistically a uh, eight and three team like most teams. 
you know, that that is crazy. Like the point differential, he's playing good ball. Um, I just think the turnovers and the big plays that they're giving up in crucial times is really hurting that team. And it's painful to see because Josh Allen, yes, his turnovers, some of his turnovers are bad, but he is playing really good football outside of turnovers. So I hate to judge him just on that. And trust me, I know how that feels, how people, I think Dak was playing really good football, but he had a lot of turnovers last year and people kind of blamed him for that and kind of made that a focal point. But now they're saying this year, it doesn't matter. Controversy, how you want to look at it, but you know, turnovers uh, hurt the team a lot. Uh, it's give and take. You know, I don't think turnovers are in the world. I think your defense should get stops, but they are playing good football and Josh is playing good football outside of the turnovers. So it's, it's understandable why people are saying it's Josh, but I really don't think it's all Josh. And that's just period, just like that. Uh, and then obviously the best team in the East, I think in the AFC is the Ravens. They beat the Chargers Sunday night. Uh, they're currently nine and three, number one seed in the AFC. Um, the Kansas City is the number two seed at eight and three as a tiebreaker over Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville took down CJ Stroud and Houston on Sunday and now eight and three and number three C in the AFC. I think the, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are a sleeper team. Um, there's times where Trevor Lawrence looks amazing. There's times he doesn't look the most amazing, but I think if he can play consistently towards this December stretch and this tough stretch that they have and going into playoffs, Jacksonville Jaguars will surprise a lot of teams. Um, but right now I think, uh, between that Ravens defense is one of the best in the league. With Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, what they're able to do together is truly special. And they're back in this playing at an elite level right now. So the Ravens are the number one team. I, it's hard to uh, take that away from because I think Zay Flowers has stepped up for them offensively in a huge way. And Odell Beckham and Lamar is playing at an MVP level also. So I don't want to also throw out Lamar because Lamar is also playing at MVP level. Um, if, if I'm really looking at it, um, they're playing amazing right now. And then uh, a comment that people thought was controversial, Trevor Lawrence comments, uh, one of the teams in his division to be as bad as possible. Um, honestly, you know, it kind of makes it harder to win games when your team is so good at, uh, in a certain division. Um, you know, uh, going into it, a lot, a lot of people said the NFC East would be one of the best divisions in football. And obviously, uh, you really never know how teams are going to pan out. Some teams might hit. Uh, and get the players they've been missing and make crucial stops and, you know, turn their season around in one year like the Texans. Um, so they're obviously a really good team. DeMarco Murray is turning around completely over there in Houston and it looks, uh, completely amazing, uh, what they're doing right now. But you know, you, you kind of, it kind of makes it harder because you obviously play your non-divisional games and, uh, like us, we're playing the Bills, we're playing the Dolphins and their division is extremely good. And you're kind of like, man, I got to play these guys. Like, and then I kind of got this, the Eagles, I got the Giants, I got Washington, who also I got to play twice a year. So it's kind of like you almost want to break of elite competition sometimes. Uh, and some people says, but I always been like, I want to play the best people always. I want to beat your best. I want to uh, dominate your best. That's kind of always been my mentality. I don't care who lines up. It just want to be me. So I see where he's coming from, but I also see from the competitor side why you want to beat the best. It gives you that adversity. It gives you uh, what the competition is going to look like for playoffs. And when it gives you hard-fought wins, uh, you want to earn, you want to build them calluses for something that you're going to have in a season. And I think that's always important, playing against the best. And that's why we look forward to playing uh, teams like the Seahawks and we play the Eagles twice a year and the Giants and Washington because they're all really good teams in our own way. Um the internet was freaking out because Justin Tucker missed a field goal. I actually saw these. Uh, they actually said uh, they was human uh, ju- because Justin Tucker missed late, late with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, this is 
this was you call a man that you know everything happened. Everyone has to, and they actually made a question, a million dollar question. You had a million dollars on the line. Who are you trusting? Stephen Curry, their free throw, Justin Tucker, and uh, I'm gonna be quite honest with you. I love Justin Tucker, but I'm I'm gonna have to take Steph Curry. Uh, Justin Tucker is amazing in his own way and what he's able to accomplish. Hall of Fame kicker for sure. I mean, we've seen videos of Steph probably hitting two, three hundred free throws in a row. I mean, you put. Steph in the gym with no wind conditions, anything. I'm taking Steph Curry. Uh, I'm putting everything on the line for Steph. Uh, you know, he this guy who shoots over 90% uh, from free throw. I mean, that, I don't even think that's a question. I, I'm taking the best shooter ever um, in that case and scenario. And it came out this morning, the Panthers have fired head coach Frank Reach after starting season one and 10. Um, this is, this, this troubles and they fired their QB coach and a bunch of other uh, assistant head coach and things like that. Uh, this troubles me because you, you draft a guy number one and you don't know what direction you're going into. Um, they came into the season thinking they were going to replace DJ Moore and they didn't replace him. Um, they're missing a lot of slots on the field. Um, you know, some of your picks and some of your players aren't healthy. Uh, you know, you lose players, your O line's not healthy. Um, and so now you have this number one quarterback and you give up so much for Bryce Young and you don't know what direction you're going into. So now the question is like, you got this young kid and they gave up DJ Moore. They gave up a first round pick, uh, which would be Darnell Wright, uh, second round pick Tariq Stevenson. And uh, actually next year, there it's the first overall pick. And you give up all of this for a QB, right? And I think Bryce Young is going to be a great QB, but I think what's crucial that, you know, uh, CJ Stroud has, he has structure. They have a system. They, they're they building around him. They're doing everything he can be uh, to make him great. Uh, that's what D'Amico Ryan's doing. And over there, it's like they don't know quite what, how they want Bryce Young to be, where they want to build the system around, what do they have in place, and things like that. So I think that's why it's really unfair for um, to make that statement of who's going to be the best between CJ and Bryce because I think they're both – crazy talented. They're both top picks for a reason. Um, but they, I, it, it just, I just don't understand the move um, because they had uh, the head coach last year, you know, who coaches at Nebraska now. And it's like, how many times are you going to keep changing coaches? You're going to bring guys in before you give a chance to say, Hey, this is our guy. We are going to, uh, we're going to build around him. Um, and we're going to, you know, make this guy, force us to win games and change the culture. I think a lot of it deals with culture. If you don't have a culture of winning, you don't have a culture attitude, it leads to failures. And right. If you don't have a guy that's there long enough to build a culture, um, like I, I would give a perfect example, uh, Dan Campbell, right? The Lions, when he first got there, I think they went uh, a little under 500. It might've been eight and eight. And then next year they made the playoffs. And this year, um, their top five team in the NFC. Uh, that's a guy who built culture of the way culture he wanted, brung his guys in, said, this is who we are. This is what it is. And he's building a winning culture with guys. I think that's the type of guy that the Panthers need. They need a guy that's going to come in and believe in them. Uh, I think he turned around Jared Goff's career in a lot of ways. And that's always special to see because uh, a lot of people thought Jared Goff going to Detroit, it was over for him. He's going to be out the league. But obviously, he's winning full guns and playing some of his best football right now um, with that great team they have over there. So uh, you need a culture driver, a person that's going to come in. And I think same way for the uh, the way that the Raiders are trying to change their culture right now with their uh, new assistant coach right now. Um, so that's the type of coach that the Panthers, I feel, is they need and they should go after.
Um, and some coaches, I'm not sure what coach they need. I think they need to go uh, above and beyond and research and a guy that they truly believe is going to change the culture. Um, and, you know, if we did lose a guy like Dan Quinn um, this offseason, I think Dan Quinn would be an amazing guy uh, for this type of job. And, you know, and and, I, and that's just me uh, personally because I know Dan and I know the type of culture he brings, how he makes guys believe in them and do things like that. I mean, Dan is truly amazing. I mean, he is the uh, one of the best coaches I've ever been a part of. Uh, he is a pure culture guy and uh, he does amazing things and he is just, uh, he's just a man with many words and visions that I think he spreads love and awareness uh, across the room. So uh, that's a guy I truly believe in. And I'm going to get into my next topic because this is something where I kind of been hitting on um, when I said that the league is an offensive league. And Tom Brady kind of hit on it. It was a clip going around last week, Tom Brady saying there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. And let's listen. I, I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. Yeah. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way. And every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. Your coach is complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect themselves. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. I, I, I kind of... Without a doubt, 100% agree. Um, you look at today's NFL with a lot of QBs flopping on hits. Uh, you're looking at guys who are, you know, kind of flailing. They, they hit them hard. They lead with their shoulder, and it looks like it's a helmet-to-helmet. They get fined 40000 They're trying to protect these guys. Um, the blindside hits, I agree, should be taken out. Um but there's a lot of things, a lot of hits that you can't make. You can't leave your feet when you're making a hit. Um, this is 100% correct. They're protecting a certain amount of guys uh, so that way they – like a guy, perfect example. Uh, Kareem Jackson's been fined an absurd amount, absurd amount this year, I believe over $100,000. Um, and all the hits he made were very legal hits. But because – Guys are trying to slide or they don't know how to protect themselves or they're not sliding in time. They're finding this man and suspending this man of games because he is playing football the right way. Uh, I think Tom, even at a point in his career, he he took advantage of the rule change and he let that be in his favor. He let these rules that they knew they were changing into his favor. Even Tom would look for calls and say, uh, you know, you know, and, and this is true. Tom will look for late hits. He will look for, you know, uh, if his wide receiver got hit the wrong way. And he would sometimes get those calls. And that's just the reality of it. The league has went more into the offensive league 
they're trying to protect and keep QBs because guys like Deshaun Watson are out for the rest of the year, Joe Burrow, uh, Kirk Cousins. They're trying to do their best to protect these guys and leave them on the field. And that's just the reality. I don't think that the league is trending the right way. And you kind of see it a little bit in college football. College football has been going downhill a lot. You know, high school football has been going down the hill a lot. And it's just been uh, streaming upwards. They, like it, It's like a trail that never ends of bad football being played from high school all the way up. From the tendencies, the coaching has not been uh, right. They haven't been teaching these guys, mowing these guys into men, uh, teaching these guys the fundamentals of what it means to be a player on and off the field. And that's just the reality of it. And it and it's leaking into the NFL and it's just getting worse and worse. And I just don't think it's the same love and protection towards defensive players at that. Uh, so I 100% agree with Tom. I think there's players and there's teams that takes advantage of these rules. Uh, the fact that quarterback can run at you full speed one play and give himself up. And then the next time act like he's sliding or you may think he's about to slide and he could juke out and you go with the same energy and you hit him because you don't know if he's fake sliding or he is sliding and you might get a penalty and you might get a letter in the mail because you, you late hit this quarterback. I just think it's outright ridiculous. Like you either can hit the guy or you can't. Like, I don't think there should be a uh, in and out. There shouldn't be a certain rule where, uh, well, if he gives himself up, well, you're playing football at full speed. You're not playing football at 50%. Like, I think that's the route of it. Like, you're playing football to hit the other team and get your team in the best position to win. You're not worried about what this guy's doing. Like, I'm not, I can't focus on tackling this guy while I'm focused on, oh my gosh, this guy's sliding. I need to get this guy to the ground. Um, so this is, this is something that's mind-boggling to me. Um, it's like very short gaps, and there's very, and especially there's ones when the quarterback's thrown out. You're pass rushing, you're clearing a guy, and just as you get there, you're hitting the QB, or you might try to sack him, thinking he's still the ball, um, and you could get a flag, and you could get a roughing passer. So guys are, you know, almost scared, or, or you gotta make sure the QB has the ball. Uh, that split second can be different if you get a sack or not. So I think this is the truth and the reality of this. Uh, but you know, I a hundred percent agree on what Tom Brady's saying. Uh, what's the best part about playing Thursday night football? I guess the best part about playing on Thursday night is you're the show, right? And, you know, everyone's watching you. Um, you get an opportunity to go out there and compete. Um, and there's no other game. Uh, so you kind of be the show and you kind of make your presence phone and be the best, uh, in the NFL. What have I seen from Geno Smith and the Seahawks? I see a very good team. Uh, Geno's been playing good football once again. Uh, you know, the record really don't show us how good they lost a very close one. I think if anything, this team could be an eight and three team uh, for sure, without a doubt. Um, so uh, we're definitely got our hands full. It's going to be a great game Thursday night football. Can't wait to see you all there. Let's take some final questions from the chat. Uh, Shaq, IMOG at Shaq Leonard Jersey. Are you telling us something? I'm not telling you nothing yet. Uh, we'll see next week what happens uh, when he comes to visit on the edge. Tune into that uh, and check to see if Shaq is going to be a Dallas Cowboy or not. Uh, who do you got? 49ers or Eagles Sunday? Uh, this one, I'm going to just keep my mouth shut. I think it's just going to be a great game, uh, another great game. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, and I'll be looking to see if the 49ers can redeem themselves. This is a fully healthy 49ers. They get a longer break than the Eagles, so they get more preparation. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see how this game goes. There's been a lot of talk back and forth between the Eagles and 49ers, so it's going to be a very good game to see. Did you see Jameis whipping rapping on the sideline? Would you would you be Derek Carr? Uh yeah, I actually did see that video. Um, I was a little confused. Uh, and honestly, I would have started rapping back with uh Derek Carr. You know what I'm saying? Like, I honestly would love to be on Jameis' team for one year just to see how he truly is. Like, 
He is this man is a pure character. Um, thoughts on the no call on the Josh Allen horse collar. Uh honestly, if the quarterback's still in the pocket, that they can horse collar. You are allowed to grab a, a quarterback by the horse collar if they're still in the pocket. Um, thoughts on the Broncos five game winning streak. Uh, I think this is why you send a first round pick for Sean Payton. Uh, Russell Wilson's playing at an elite level right now. This is the Russell Wilson that uh, people plan to get when they drafted for him. I think they're showing him why they invested in him, why they brought him in. Uh, he's proven a lot of people wrong and I love to see it. Uh, this is the Russell Wilson, Sean Payton connection that a lot of people thought uh, that it would be. And it's great to see that they turn things around. Even after they got rid of a lot of their players where a lot of people anticipate like Randy Gregory and things like that. Uh, who is the biggest X factor on the Seahawks? I think the biggest X factor on the Seahawks is Gino. You know, I think if Gino's playing lights out, he's playing the lead ball. Uh, there's no one They're They're hard to beat. You know, I think when he's in rhythm and he's doing what he does best, uh, they're very hard to beat. And he's an ultimate competitor. Your QB has always got to be your, your biggest X factor. Uh, what is your cleats for claws? Um, I'm actually doing a cleats for claws for, uh, Harrisburg hospitals, uh, you know, supporting young, uh, women and children, uh, that's in hospitals. And, uh, it, it's going to be very amazing. Uh, Dak is MVP. His stats would be even better if he wasn't sitting out in the fourth quarter most of the time. 100% agree. Uh, when we're at home, Dak's missing in the fourth quarter. Um, he's probably sitting in the bench room for other guys. I mean, he's playing at elite level, and I don't think no one should take that away from him. Um, and, and that's just, just the reality of it. I think uh, just because his record isn't, uh, you know, the best and he's still competing, I think he's playing some of the best football in the National Football League. And as simple as that, he's almost top five in every category as a QB, which is very hard to do. Who is your biggest inspiration? Uh, my biggest inspiration is my family, my kids, man. Uh, you know, they, 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 my, they're my pride and joy. Um, they give me everything I need. Uh, you know, they, they give me, they're my reason why, uh, they're the things that, um, you know, I just, they just really, you know, when I come home and they scream my name and, um, they look forward to seeing me, it really makes my day. Uh, it's something truly special. Uh, so my kids are my biggest inspiration. Uh, if you got kids, you understand they, they give you everything in life. They give you, uh, your why they give you, uh, you know, cause you got to raise them in such a certain manner. We talk about kids every day and almost in the D line room and how we should raise our kids and, uh, give us feedback. So, um, all right, my kids will be, uh, my true inspiration. But anyway, I thank y'all for tuning in to The Edge live in the Bleacher Report app. Uh, thank you for giving me your time, your ears, and I was the opportunity to drop game and knowledge on y'all. I'll see y'all next week back on The Edge with your boy Micah Parsons. Thank you and appreciate you.